Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk about public speaking. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, speaker and speaker questioner. You can find this podcast on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. Paul Kalecki is a voice coach who has developed a system that can teach people how to use voice, breath, and visualization techniques to improve pronunciation and reduce an accent. Classically trained as a singer and pianist, he initially made his system for actors who weren't singers, later adapted it for public speakers. I'm interested to find out where he got the idea for a system from and how a public speaker can use it to great effect. Let's bring him in now. Hello, Paul. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks. Hi, Neil. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, No problem. Well, the first question I have is, would you please describe your business and what you provide your clients? Okay, well, I'm a voice coach who helps public speakers, actors, uh, nurses, actually anybody who does any type of work with the public use their voice and breath more effectively. And what I've done is I've developed a a course that teaches people how to connect better to their breath and how to relax the voice so that they become more effective in their presentations and don't experience things like vocal fatigue. And they also get more in touch with their actual voice. A lot of people are speaking higher or lower than their natural voice, uh, so that can lead to vocal fatigue and sometimes uh, more serious problems later on down the road. So I help them address that. You know, I think you're on to something there. I, even for myself personally, I think I, I, I'm guilty of doing that in some, in some instances. I think I speak a little higher than I normally would when I when I speak to audiences. But then when I speak to pretty mm-hmm. women, I, I make my voice really deep. <laughs> I make it very weird. Yeah, you know, that's, a common, that's a common thing, yeah. For, uh, I notice it often, well, with, with both. With women, sometimes they tend to speak higher than they should, be, than their, oh, I don't say should, but than their voice naturally wants to because it's the voice they've always had since they were young and they use it to flirt or to get ahead or something along those lines. And men do the same thing. Like, just like you said, we sometimes will make our voice sit lower to, you know, hey, baby, or something like that, which is in our natural <laughs> voice. And, 
if you actually speak with your most natural voice, most resonant voice, you're going to connect a lot better to the other people. And you'll also avoid those problems, like I was talking about, vocal fatigue and things along those lines. I don't know if you've ever been in a noisy restaurant or club or any noisy situation, a stadium, and you're talking, and we tend to raise our voices and speak higher than we actually should. And that actually reduces the amount that our voices can carry, and it also does lead to vocal fatigue. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I, I definitely have seen that just in, in my own life. Where did you get the, even the idea to develop such a course? Well, as you mentioned in the intro, I was taking a scene study class. Well, let me go back just a little bit. I was a classically trained singer, discovered that opera wasn't really my calling, but I still enjoyed singing, and I started taking an acting class in order to connect better to the material. So some of the actors were not classically trained vocally, and they had good voices that were good for film and TV, but when they were on stage, their voices weren't quite carrying the way they needed to. So the teacher had me coach the other actors and how to use their voices. And then one of the people was a member of Toastmasters, and we got to talking, and he said, you know, there's probably a need for this type of program or this type of work with people who do public speaking, like the Toastmasters and all those different groups. So I came up with this program, and it's been very effective. I've been using it mostly for actors, but it's been effective for public speakers as well. You know, that's that's really smart that you were able to see that, that connection because just like you said, not only are actors have to, you know, m- manage their their voice, public speakers, you know, they, they definitely have to as well. I was on your website, mm-hmm. and I saw that you had said that, you know, your program is unique, and I was just curious as to if you could just name one thing that makes your program unique from any others that are out there. Besides the fact that I adjust it to each person and their own needs. I also use a lot of visualization techniques and other things that were might be considered hyper-learning techniques. For example, I have an MP3 that I made that uses a theta brainwave binaural beat that relaxes the brain and then it has some affirmations to help reinforce the idea that now this person who's in the, in the course is now in more control of their voice and is connected better to the audience and all the sorts of things that someone who does public speaking might need. The other thing is I have people write a lot of their goals down in a way that's a little bit different. You know, a lot of people, you know, many people use goal writing as a way to stay focused and so on, but I have people write their goals for further on down the road. It's, it's a little bit hard to explain, but it creates, a scene in their mind of the situation that they want to happen so that it teaches your brain and your emotions to say, oh, yeah, you know, this is actually very plausible. For example, if someone has severe anxiety speaking in front of a crowd or is dealing with a lot of self-consciousness, I have them write out the scenario about how they want that speech to have gone as if it's coming from the future tense, the event after the speech, say the congratulations or the promotion or the party or whatever it happens to be, so that it helps make it seem like it's more achievable. And I've, I've noticed immense success since I started including that in the program. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. It, uh, this, this all sounds really interesting. So I'm just trying to visualize what somebody who starts the program, you know, they're, they're green to everything, 
what they can kind of expect once they're once they're done the program. So essentially, you're you're I don't maybe the word promising isn't, but you're by the end of the program they should be able to just use their regular voice in in all situations as opposed to making it higher or lower. Well, it addresses well. I address a lot of the vocal habits like I was talking about with the voice going higher if you're in a loud situation or the self consciousness that sometimes kicks in when people are doing a presentation or any of those things. So they'll, they'll notice a reduction in those. They'll notice their voice is more relaxed. And because I address breathing a lot as well, they're just more relaxed in general. A, a common thing people deal with is chest breathing, where it's, it's a very shallow breath and it's from the chest. I help them get in touch with the diaphragm, which has a very almost meditative effect. You get more oxygen into the body. How you feel more grounded. You feel more connected. Uh, so you'll notice changes like that. Just feel more grounded, more relaxed, more connected. And you'll just be more aware of what's going on in your body when you are giving a presentation or performing on stage or whatever it happens to be so that you can make adjustments quickly and they don't get out of control. And I think that's probably the biggest, the two biggest things is the voice is more relaxed and more in control and more resonant and therefore making you more connected with the audience. And the breath is more connected and more grounded. So you're more, you're more relaxed and more connected with yourself as well. I'm assuming that if you're able to control your breath more, you know, more easily and not use this, you know, chest breathing and more using your diaphragm that helps with nervousness as well. Yes. Yeah. It does a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So th this course that, or the program that you offer, is it a, a live course or is it all online? How's it, how's that work? It's a mixture of the two. Our first meeting is one-on-one -on -one over Skype so we can talk and get to know each other a little bit and I can see exactly what it is that you need to work on and you can tell me what it is that, that you want to accomplish through the course. And then... I'll send you assignments throughout the week. It's usually two assignments per week. And you'll do the assignments, record yourself doing it either on your cell phone cam or webcam or what have you, send it to me, and then I will give you feedback and tell you adjustments that you need to make. And then we'll meet uh, two more times throughout the course, one-on-one -on -one where we work for a half hour and really work on details. And if need be, if if, if something isn't quite catching on through the email communications and the videos, then we'll meet a little bit more frequently to make sure that you're on track. Okay. In so, addition so to... Sorry? Go ahead. So, so, so everything is, is personalized directly to you and your goals and what you need to work on. So if someone is trying to reduce... Like for example, I have one woman who's from Poland. And she mm -hmm. started with me, she had a very thick accent, and it was difficult for people to understand her. And then after working with me for a while, I, I knew exactly, okay, well, your, your L's are too far back on the throat, so you need to, we need, I would give her a specific tongue twister that would help with getting the L's further forward so it sounds more American. Uh, that's, just, that's one example of, of how personalized it gets. Wow, yeah, that definitely sounds really tailored to, to each person. That that sounds great. Yeah. Well, in addition to helping people with, with their voices or in the your instance that you mentioned, helping people with you know, making their accent not as strong, helping them with their breathing techniques, what other things does you, 
what can people hope for with uh, with, with with working with you and and, and doing and, and getting um, you know using using your program? Well, I mean, I guess I help. Well, not I guess I I help in other areas, like the of the woman from Poland, for example. Uh, I gave her a goal writing exercise, and she said, you know. Since I've been doing this exercise, my anxiety has gone down, my self-consciousness has gone down, and it's affected every other area of my life. She had, she was an actor, and she had an audition, and she was so thrilled at how, how well the audition had gone because she just threw all that self-consciousness out the window that she had had. So there's oh, one example. Wow. It, it just depends on the person. It depends on the person. Ed, but besides the, the vocal goals, um, I found that my program helps people with their career goals and other life goals as well, at least get them in more of a direction that they want to be going. Excellent. As I'm sure you can appreciate, besides proper breathing and voice, there are are other things, at least when it comes to public speaking, that they need to really hone in on, at least according to some, Mm -hmm. things like, filler words and, and eye contact and, and body gestures. What is your take on filler words, for instance? Is that something that, that, that bothers you and that you think people need to really work on? When I say filler words, I mean ums and ahs and those type of things. Or are there things that, are that doesn't really bother you too much? I think it depends. As you probably noticed, I threw in a couple of ums and uhs through our conversation already. But I think you can take it too far. There's a lot of us and ums that can convey a little bit of insecurity. I personally, it doesn't bother me too much if I hear some of it. If I hear a lot of it, then, yeah, it can, it can turn you off. And I think it's a good thing to reduce. I know Toastmasters addresses that heavily in some other public speaking courses. So if you can reduce it, I think it's a really great idea. And if that's a goal that somebody, if they're working with me and that's a goal they want to work on, then I could certainly help them with that. Oh, okay. So you you seem to be pretty full service. No matter what someone really wants to work on, just in any aspect of public speaking, it seems like you're you're more than willing to work with them on, on those aspects. Yeah, but for me, it is focused around the voice because, it's been my experience that when people are more connected to their voice and their breath, then a lot of these other things take care of themselves. I've noticed with some of my acting students, just a stronger connection to the material. And if you're a public speaker and you have a strong emotional connection to the material, you've got a strong emotional connection to the audience and that's going to keep them engaged. There's I'm sure we've all seen videos or been in meetings where somebody is not a very effective public speaker and they just drone on. For example, our third quarter earnings have gone up by 25%. And there's nothing more than you want to do in a meeting like that except get out. (laughs) (laughs) Even Even if the information is valuable. So, but if you have a strong connection to the voice, just saying, we had a 25% increase in our earnings this quarter. That makes all the difference in the world. I think I think you're right. I was just saying. Yeah, so so I help a lot of that. It's not just public speakers. It's executives. It's nurses. It's anybody who speaks 
with the public can benefit from working on their voice? Something I just thought of that maybe you, you have a take on is the use of notes when someone is giving a, a speech or, you know, or a public speaker. I would think that reading off of a page would affect your voice in a negative way. Would you agree? It can, yes. If, if the notes or the speech is written in a, and placed in a position that you have to look down to read it, then yes, uh, that actually, you know, what? I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> so yeah, if you're looking down on the page, that's going to affect the voice because it puts pressure on the larynx, and you're not going to be able to have that nice, open, relaxed, resonant sound. And it's also going to affect your breathing because if the podium is too low and you're hunched over a little bit, you've got a few things going on. One, your posture is not as open to the audience. You've you've closed yourself off. Two, you've affected your ability to breathe, your breathing is going to become more shallow. Even if you're connected to the diaphragm, you're not going to be able to expand as much as possible. So if you're going to be using notes, if you're going to be having a pre-written speech, you want to make sure that it is uh, in a position that you can see it and not have to bend over to see it. So yes, reading from cards and reading from uh, pre-written speech can affect the voice. Yeah, I, I just I just thought of that while while you were talking, and that's a a pretty good uh, tip then to make sure that you don't have to bend over to or look down to read the the, the notes or whatever whatever you have your yes. speech written on. Would you advocate then that it's preferential that people memorize what they're going to say, or just trust try their best to remember everything that they they want to convey? I think it's best to know as much of it as possible from memory. If you're just reading a speech, personally, it's not a very interesting experience if you're just reading the speech. If you have to glance down sometimes because it's a very long speech and it's a lot of memorization, maybe you don't have a lot of time to prepare it, then I think that's okay. But if you're going to be reading one line after another after another, you lose a connection to the audience, one, because it doesn't really sound spoken. It sounds like you're reading a speech, and it isn't quite as interesting as if when, I'm sorry, it's not as interesting as when you are making eye contact with the audience, and it seems more spontaneous. So I think you lose a certain spontaneity when you're just reading a pre-written speech. So as much memorization as possible is definitely a good thing. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Paul. And not only that, but I think especially if you know your subject matter well enough, you probably don't even need notes. And and not just that, right. but having even if you know your your subject well enough and you have notes in there, you you tend people tend to use those notes as a crutch. So they they tend to, to look down and look at the notes way more than they need to. Mhm. I'm, I'm curious. This is true. Who? I'm curious. Who is your favorite public speaker? My favorite public speaker, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson, even though he's not really, oh, I wouldn't say that he's truly a public speaker, but I love the way he talks. And I love his Oh, man, I could listen to that guy all day. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. He can, he's talking about things that could be, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was just saying, I actually saw him live once uh, late last year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was great. 
Yeah, he's been he's a great great speaker. Uh, his use of his use of tone, his rhythm, the way he uses his pauses, which I'm deliberately doing right now, but the way he uses his pauses to draw people in on what could be a very dry subject is just makes him fantastic. Yeah, he's he's I don't know if that's something he works on, but he's very good. I mean, you have people that I'm sure have know nothing know very little about physics, but they'll they'll listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson talk. I mean, mm-hmm. I will. some of the stuff I have no clue what you're talking about, but man, I'll listen in all day. <laughs> well, I guess yeah, I, I probably great. know the answer to this question, but it, I would assume that your number one tip for keeping an audience engaged is to to you know keep your voice as authentic as possible. But is there any other tip that you would give somebody to help them keep their audience engaged? Be as authentic you as possible. This is the something that I've incorporated into my course as well as from my acting training. I've taken little bits and pieces that have helped me to make the person as genuine themselves as possible so that you're not just reading a speech. People want to hear you. It's like the salesperson. I I did telesales for a while uh, a number of years ago, and our director always said, no, 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 I don't, don't put me in that same category. This was for a, a theater for the and we had people who would buy tickets, and then we would be if they wanted to buy subscriptions and to donate and things like that. I wasn't cold calling people. Oh, okay. But one of the really? biggest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you like to buy a pencil set? No, I wasn't one of those types of people. Uh, but one of the okay. things that our sales director talked about to us that I really took away from that most is that people were buying us. They weren't really buying this. I mean, yes, they were buying the subscription series or the donating because they loved the theater. But it was our personality and the way we engaged the people that is what made them decide to donate or to buy the subscription or not. And I think if you are a public speaker and you're genuine and connected to the audience through your voice, through your breath, and show some vulnerability you're going to make a much bigger impression. People are going to remember a lot more, and they're going to be more excited to hear you speak. I fully agree with you, Paul. I think especially for people that tend to shy away from public speaking, they do so because they think that they're not as good as as someone else is. What they they really need to focus on is, is just like you said, being their authentic self. Because I, I truly believe also that when it comes to public speaking, you're not meant to be all things to all people. You know, there are going to be some people that mm-hmm. like your, your style and other people that don't, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, you don't have to mm-hmm. please everybody. So I'm curious, Paul, what are your future plans for, for your voice coaching business? Well, I'm I'm at a point now where I would like to – be able to hire a few more people, uh, teach them how I do it. I'd like to have it to a point where instead of just call the voice coach.com, it's the, the voice coaches.com or something along those lines that URL is available. So I'd like to expand that because I found this to be so effective and so helpful for so many people in so many ways that I'd love for it to expand and be a much bigger thing than it is right now. The uh, one person operation, I love to see it spread. Okay, excellent. Well, this has been uh, an education. Thanks again for for calling in, Paul. Is is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners? Sure, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And 
I would say probably the most important thing is just be yourself. When you get up on that stage to give that presentation, be yourself, be grounded, connect with your breath, connect with your voice, and enjoy it. Have fun because that's what's going to make people enjoy listening to you is if you are connected to the material and enjoying yourself, enjoying the material, enjoying the presentation, your audience will as well. I fully agree. So how can people find you, Paul? Uh, They can go to www.paulthevoicecoach.com. It's just very simple, paulthevoicecoach.com. There's contact information there, and there's also some information on the course. And you can schedule a free consultation there as well. When you go to the eight-week course section on the website, you can schedule the consultation. It's completely free. I reserve uh, hour blocks, but usually we only go for about 30 minutes, maybe 45 or so, but you know, even hour just in case. So we can meet each other, talk about what your goals are, make sure we're a good fit, and then you can get started from there. So I'll, I'll say it one more time because I think they say seven times to make something stick. <laughs> PaulTheVoiceCoach.com and PaulTheVoiceCoach.com. Okay, that's excellent. PaulTheVoiceCoach.com for those of you all that – wanted to, to learn more about what Paul does, again, that's paulthevoicecoach.com. I think that was six. paulthevoicecoach.com. There's seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excellent. And then you, you just set up a free consultation. You can click the, a link there. It'll take you directly to a scheduling site, and you pick a time that's good for you, and we'll talk and get started and see how I can help you. Again, Paul, thanks for, uh, for calling in. Uh, I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Neil. You too. Well, everybody, that marks the end of another episode of Neil Thompson Speaks. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, you can visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also get access to my free public speaking course on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. All you need to do is go to the homepage and click on free resources, and it'll basically guide you from there. Until next time, please take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.